0: reading our epistle lesson for today, the ancient epic of Homer's Odyssey came to mind. Uh, particularly the story of the mythic creatures, the sirens. These beautiful maidens, sometimes depicted as mermaids, sometimes bird women. But nonetheless, they are these creatures that lived on an island and They had such a beautiful song that as they would sing, they would draw men who were out on ships to come towards them, but they would then be run onto rocks and then face a watery grave. But in Homer's story, there's a story of Odysseus, who encountered the sirens but was able to lead his men past them by having the strategy of having all the men take wax and put it in their ears. So they couldn't hear the song of the sirens and then they had he had them tie him with ropes to the mast so he could not take hold of the wheel and could not steer the ship into the to the rocks and in many ways homer's story of odysseus i think in his his way of 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 getting through the temptation of the sirens depicts the normative approach That most of us assume when seeking to endure the temptation of sin and trappings that the challenges of life bring for us. Through fortitude of will, a little self-flagellation, and the binding of self-discipline, we hope that we might endure that which is leading us to destruction so that we can sail the course or finish the race, as you will, and come into perfection. But the problem is, is unlike Homer's epic, the bewitching enticement of the siren's song, that perpetual draw of sin that clings to us, internally capturing our desires and pursuit and externally crushing us under the weight of its destructive opposition, those things are not confined to a few mythic creatures on a particular Mediterranean island. No, they follow us wherever we go. And they're always with us. So eventually the wax will fall out of our ears. And we'll find a way to wiggle free from the ropes. And when that happens, then we are left with the decision of trying to find thicker wax or stronger ropes. Or just submit to the enticing song and steer our ships into the rocks. In ancient Greek mythology, it's interesting, there's another story as well. And though it's pagan, I think it captures a deep biblical truth, a biblical truth that was thrust before us in our reading of the epistle today. So before speaking on that other Greek myth, I want to look at one of the central proclamations of this letter to Hebrews found in twelve one through 2. See, the passage that we just read is part of a greater impassioned plea for endurance. An encouragement to Christians that are weary and weighed down by the trials and temptations they face. Encouraging beleagu- beleaguered believers by reminding them of the enduring power of faith. In 12.1, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... And it's important to note that often we may read this thinking that the cloud of witnesses described in the previous chapter is a depiction of believers that are better than us, guilting us into, to bucking up and being better Christians, or inspiring us. But that's not what the author was doing. Instead, he was not pointing to their great acts or their great courage, but he was pointing to the power of faith to enable them to endure. And then he points out, That that faith in the promises of God that had not yet been fulfilled was powerful enough for them to be able to endure what was before them. How much more that we have the fulfillment before us will faith carry us through? And he says, let us cast off all that hinders us and continue our path. Run the race. Stay the course. With great endurance. But How? By being ashamed through examples of past saints that did so much more, facing greater opposition than you? Or by mustering up self-will to jam wax in your ears and bind ropes around you to keep you from redirecting your ship toward what really tickles your fancy? By self-discipline, adopting the latest best spiritual practices and pious Lenten commitments? No. No, not at all. Says so we endure, we remain on our journey, protected from the jagged rocks by looking to Jesus, the Author and perfecter of our faith. The Greek word translated "looking" is it has actually a, a richer meaning, more powerful meaning. It it actually carries the idea of fixing one's attention on, turning our gaze away from all other things and having a singular focus focusing on christ jesus the author and perfecter of our faith we often get this as author recognizing that we are are brought into the faith by by coming before the cross looking and gazing upon him turning our eyes from the idols around us and recognizing our absolute need of his atoning death and resurrection but it says that that same act, that same reality, the same way that our faith is authored, it's also through that it is perfected. Paul to the Colossians said it this way: he said, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, or another way, or in the same way or manner you received Him, he says, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith. We are justified or brought into the faith by being captured by the profound power of Christ's gospel, turning our gaze away from all the pseudo-messianic pursuits that entice us with the hope of justification, meaning, significance, identity, security, and value. And we are also sanctified or liberated from our fallen nature and brought to perfection by the continuation of the very same focus on Christ and his gospel. And so as we enter the Lenten season and as we enter Holy Week, we do not give up things for Lent and enter into this marathon of services as an act of great piety or to prove our devotion, but instead because these are tools when in the hand of the Holy Spirit enable us to cast off those things that are hindering us and distracting us and to reorient our gaze to a bloodied, crucified, and then resurrected Messiah. So back to the Greek myth of the sirens. There's another story. story of Jason and Argonauts. And they were able to endure the song of the sirens, not by waxing the ears and rope, but instead, by Orpheus playing a song that was more beautiful than the sirens. And they were able to bypass the sirens because that song was so beautiful that it captured their gaze and attention, and they didn't even notice the song of the sirens. And I think this ancient Greek myth profoundly captures this biblical truth before us today concerning our endurance and perfection. In our travels, the seas will get rough. And the enticing voice of sin singing out to us to steer us off course in its direction will ever be present. But we have a more beautiful and powerful song. It is a redemption song. A recounting of God's unending love and grace manifested in the sacrificial death and victorious resurrection of His Son. And we will be able to endure far more than we ever thought, not by mustering greater self-determination or punishing ourselves into submission, but by continual fixation upon the grace that is ours through the work of Christ. So as we launch into Holy Week, let us embrace it fully as a means through which the Spirit of God might realign our focus and fix our eyes on Jesus, the more beautiful song, the author and perfecter of our faith. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.